Um, so what Oliver uh, does basically is like to, in order to provide actionable insights, gives you the data point, tell you that you run at 20 kilometers per hour, that your top speed could be 23 because of your cohort, your weight, your age, position in the field, etc. Um, and then he also suggests you a couple of exercises on how to improve that, uh, that metric, that top speed. This is the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast, showcasing outstanding startups and initiatives in the global sports tech ecosystem. From Sports Tech X, the leading source for data and insights about sports tech, here is your host, Ron Maholtra. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast. This is your host, Rowan, once again. And today, we're actually talking to a company that you might have seen in some of our content recently. We've had them featured in our last report. We actually had them featured in one newsletter as well. And in keeping, we're actually kicking off a new theme um, in partnership with the DFL, with the Bundesliga, talking all about stadium tech and innovation there. But we said, okay, we're talking about football, so why not bring one of our football or soccer, as you may know the sport, startups back into the limelight. We're talking about Oliver, a wearable for football with a, a little uh, device that you strap onto your foot. But instead of hearing from me, I will let the founder and CEO, Jose Gonzalez Russo, tell you all about it. Welcome to the show, Jose. Uh, thank you, Ron. It's a pleasure to, to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I was trying to remember when was the first because we've known each other for a for a while. Yeah, I guess this is uh, yeah. on this on the sports tech circuit. You can call it like we've just been <laughs> each other. Uh, it depends. I was trying to remember when was the first time. Was it uh, maybe at a WFS at in Madrid um, or? Yeah, I think I think I uh, I met uh, one of one of the of your colleagues. Uh, I think he's not working anymore. Um, like two or I three years him. ago, ben? ben. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I had the chance actually to be, I think, one of the first uh, in, invited here on, on when, when you guys launched uh, the podcast. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's great to be uh, here again. Uh, a lot of progress since then for both sides. <laughs> so uh, happy to be here. Yeah, a lot of lot of change. Of course, for anybody who's curious, uh, yeah, Ben is uh, no longer really part of Sports Tech X, but that's because he's relaxing on some beach somewhere. That's all he wants to do with his life right now. Uh, um, now ben and I are still great friends, but yeah, he uh, we used to share hosting responsibilities before, and he's done an episode with you and with others, and now it's all down to me. But anyway, that's a little bit about the context of each other. Um, but I want to put the ball back in your court and let you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what took you on a journey to set up Oliver. Like I know you come from an entrepreneurial background, like you were in a startup before and then took the jump into sports. So walk me through that journey a little bit before you get to Oliver. Yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah, well, uh, I don't know if you if you know this run, but I, I was born in, in Argentina. Um, I, I grew up there like playing multiple sports, uh, especially football and, and basketball that I had the chance to represent my uh, state team. Uh, and of course, watching every sport event available back then in TV. Um, my, my, my background is in, is in marketing and, and business uh, development. So as soon as I started uh, starting in college, I also started working. 
had a chance to work in a sports channel uh, in Argentina, also in a first uh, league basketball team and in a media agency, uh, mainly under marketing areas uh, for a couple of years. And once I got my, my degree, I, I started to, to run my own projects. Uh, first, I, I joined a, a Mexican partner uh, to launch a branding uh, agency uh, with a focus on media, entertainment, and innovation. And that's when I, I kind of discovered uh, the startup world. Uh, it was like 12 to 14 years ago. Um, and I started to have my first uh, clients that were, uh, you know, these uh, very young uh, entrepreneurs full of enthusiasm, running a lot of innovation, uh, innovative, you know, projects there. And long story short, I ended up, uh, you know, co as a co-founder of one of these projects uh, that were working with AI back then. This is like 10 to 11 years ago. Um, so... That's when my life uh, changed uh, drastically, I would say, and, and became a tech entrepreneur, uh, co-leading this, this startup uh, with a couple of friends. Um, that startup that today is a company, it's a fast-growing company, uh, growing in the US, in LATAM. Um, and after a couple of years uh, there um, and, and living the journey you know, from, from zero to one and having the first clients and, and, and seeing the path to, to growth, I, I decided to jump out, uh, like operational speaking. I'm, I'm still a shareholder in the company um, because I wanted to create something that is more attached with my daily life. And, uh, you know, at that time, I was uh, keeping an eye on my day-to-day -day life uh, to see if I could discover something that mattered to me and that I could improve uh, with technology with some sort of, of solution. Um, and it happened, you know, suddenly we were uh, eliminated from an amateur football tournament uh, with my friends, with my teammates, something that was happening, you know, usually happening every uh, year after year. Um, so uh, after that, all discussions started uh, um, with them, like, you know, who's not running enough or who's not performing uh, enough or, or, or well, uh, who should play defense, you know, the typical discussions after losing a game, after getting rid of a, of a tournament. And, and I remember that I drove back home thinking if there were something available in the market or, you know, it could be great uh, to have some sort of data um, to actually understand how, how we perform and, and if there's any way to, you know, become better. Um, so I think that there was the spark that, that started with, with Oliver. It's like a drug, no entrepreneurship. Like once you're once you're on it and to build to create, yeah, you keep wanting to go down that path. Uh, quick question: so, so all this tournament and all of that background, this was while you were all still in Argentina, or you had you moved to Spain by then? I, I was still in Argentina uh, okay. with with my previous company. I had the chance to also live in the in the U.S. in the Bay Area, mm -hmm. um, but I was uh, in in Argentina, yeah, back then. Okay, and then you moved to Barcelona. Like, what was that move about? Or was that already after founding Oliver and you realized that Barcelona is the place I want to be? Yeah, well, actually, um, it was trying to uh, to make some, some sort of a mirror uh, strategy of my previous company. Uh, but instead of going directly to, to the US, um, I wanted to come to, to Europe, uh, specifically mm -hmm. to Spain. Um, 
mainly because the you know the we we saw that football here uh, was a very huge and important market. Uh, all the big brands um, are are here. The market is changing uh, now, but back then was kind of a good idea to come here and see what was going on at the youth divisions, what kind of tech were they uh, applying, and how was the structure behind the teams and the clubs. And that's that's why we we decided to come here. So. In, in, in terms of a timeline, I think that first it was the, the, the idea. I called my partners, Agustin and Ezequiel, uh, to, to, join, uh, to join me and, and see if we can do something for this problem. Um, and once we validated that we were able to do that um, and there was actually a problem, um, when, then I moved here and we started developing. So like one of the co-founders is in Argentina, the, the technical leader. Uh, with all the product uh, developers there, and all the business development is based in in Barcelona. And also the beach, I would imagine, that was an important factor in your decision. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hurt, no, to be uh, in, sure. on the beautiful Spanish coast. And yeah, I find that the reason I ask about Barcelona again because it's also an important character in the rest of your story and your partnership uh, in that city. And we'll get to that, but. Also, like for a little parallel with my story, when I decided to move to Europe, my first startup was in India. I mean, there are a few parallels. My first startup was in India, founded in 2009 or something, ran that for seven, eight years. And my first stop when I wanted to move to Europe was Barcelona because my ex-girlfriend at the time was living there. So I just went and sat in her house for like three months or something. And then I was exploring from there. And as much as I love the, be- love the beach and the sun and all that, Berlin was maybe a bit sexier, a bit more attractive to me. So I came here, but you chose Barcelona. No, no wrong answers, let's put it that way. But okay. <laughs> so now that we've established the cities and the context, let's establish the solution. Um, so you, you you spoke about the problem, you identified, yeah, you know, as, as friends, we don't get enough data, especially when you come from the data-centric background as a startup tech founder. Mm-hmm. Um, then you said, okay, let's find a device, let's build a device which does this. But there are already... I guess like Gen 1 kind of devices in football, which are like the Statsports or Opta or whatever uh, devices which we know the footballers wear on their bib. But you guys took it to another level. Like, so what is, talk me through that iteration. What exactly does Oliver do? What kind of data that it does it capture which those Gen 1 devices don't capture? And how did that like inform your business model going forward? Yeah, perfect. Uh, so we, we always say that we, we're on a mission uh, here to, trying to democratize uh, this uh, talent evolution and, and injury prevention um, and, and also making it fun uh, for, for these um, non-elite players uh, around the world. Um, so basically, the, the idea was to build a platform uh, that, like you said, includes um, a wearable, a tracker that we also designed um, for manufacturing. Um, and, and also, we started to apply the, the AI component behind so instead of placing the product uh, in, a, in a vest, we decided to put it in a calf sleeve. Uh, so we also had another layer of, of data, which is uh, ball interactions, you know, dribbling speed, uh, passes, kicks, um, on, on top of all the athletic uh, performance data that any vest can provide, like, you know, the, the speed, distance cover, accelerations, accelerations, um, and load uh, management. Um, 
So one of the key components to democratize this technology was one, making it affordable. So we spent a couple of years on understanding how to build uh, a product on a very cost-effective way in terms of both hardware and, and, and software. Um, the second one is that instead of data, uh, you can get actionable insights because we as amateur players, uh, we don't necessarily understand what, what a, a data means. You know, if I told you that uh, you run at uh, 20 kilometers per hour, uh, you probably don't know that much uh, about that. You know, is it enough? Uh, am I performing okay? You know, what's the average? How could I improve that? Um, so what Oliver uh, does basically is like to, in order to provide actionable insights, gives you the data point, like going back to the example, it will tell you that you run at 20 kilometers per hour, that your top speed could be 23 because of your cohort, your weight, your age, position in the field, etc. Um, and then it will also suggest you a couple of exercises on how to improve that, uh, that metric, that top speed. Um, and the way it recommends it is actually a very short video so 20 to 30 seconds video made by, by the a physical trainer in this case uh, that will teach you how to improve. And if you go back and train or play and you improve that uh, metric, the platform uh, Oliver will reward you with a badge. So then you start like collecting different badges on your digital identity as a, as a football player. Then you can compete uh, with different people, your teammates or different people in the, in the platform. You know, there's a huge community components uh, inside the platform. And at the end of the day, what, what we do is, is the third part to democratize uh, this technology is to apply game mechanics uh, behind um, in order to make a very entertaining experience and to keep uh, players hooked to the platform uh, so they collect all the incentives to go back and play in the field. So it's like kind of a virtuous cycle that we want to uh, encourage uh, with our product. So if I want to if I want to break it up into three parts, right? There is the data capture, there is the data monitoring for improvement, and that uh, feedback loop for uh, improvement, and the third layer is the stickiness, which is the gamification layer. That how that how you, somebody keeps coming back to the to the app. I want to talk about the first one for a minute. I mean, I, I think all three are fairly self-explanatory. But I mentioned the point about Gen 1 devices, which were capturing positional data, as you said. So where you are on the pitch, how fast you're running, how much you've run, all that kind of stuff. What you've added, I think what you mentioned perfectly is, um, I think, what did you say, ball uh, ball metrics or? Ball interactions, yeah. Ball interactions. Ability yeah. to measure ball interactions. Yeah. Perfect. That's It's actually a really good phrase, ball interactions, because I've, I've tried a few devices like this, and I've actually found it fascinating how... It can tell the difference between a pass versus a, a shot um, versus different types of uh, ball interactions. Without going too much into the detail or the black box of your technology, how what sensors on that device are actually giving us this data? Is it vibration data? Is it the speed of foot? Like Just quickly, if you can talk about how you're gathering that data. Great question. Um, actually, it's not coming from the sensors. Well, I mean, of course, that data is thrown by the sensors or through the sensors. We have IMU units. We have a GPS. Uh, we are the only company in the world that has a, actually a GPS placed on a on a on a player's leg on a calf sleeve. Um, so we combine all the data that these sensors are throwing 
And that's when the AI part becomes more relevant. I, I will say that kind of the key part or the secret sauce, let's say, of the of our product is actually the AI side of it. Um, because uh, we, by combining all this data, we understand a lot of the players' movements. Um, in order to train uh, these algorithms, uh, because when we started, there was like nothing, of course. Uh, you need to build the the intelligent part of the uh, of the product by providing data we were literally uh, kicking ball in a garage for example you know uh, attaching these sensors to our legs kicking balls uh, seeing all the uh, data the rough data that the sensors were throwing trying to find the patterns um, the first stage was actually saying like to the machine uh, okay, this was a kick, this was a kick, this was a kick. They wanna, you, we have a player uh, running and then making a pass and then saying pass, pass, you know. So once you have a an, an good, a reasonable amount of data, uh, then you can go to the second stage, which the machine will ask you for validation, right? Is this a kick? Is this a pass? You know, and you start like what we call tagging um, the, the, the AI and start training the AI models behind um, then we scaled that with cameras, uh, so we placed uh, different cameras uh, in, in clubs, in, in mainly in Argentina. Uh, we, we got a, a very good partnership with a couple of teams there that help us a lot to develop the product uh, with their uh, physical trainers, uh, with the players, of course, uh, with the managing, with sports managing directors. Um, and they opened the doors of the club to and, and let us place different cameras. And we sync these cameras. They were GoPro cameras with all the devices and start, you know, having more and more data and, and tagging this data. Um, so we are entering now to the phase of um, prediction uh, of this uh, of performance. So uh, in order to get a comprehensive model. Um, of you know how a kid or uh, a woman or any player uh, will perform over time, uh, so that's something quite important in order to uh, both to plan your training sessions to understand what you could improve uh, to avoid muscular injuries uh, that you know are uh, are happening a lot in the in the amateur sector. Uh, so yeah. Once we have the, the entire models and good enough, uh, we started uh, selling it and proving it in the market that was actually, uh, you know, giving value to both players and also the physical trainers and coaches behind. Fascinating stuff. Okay, so let's come to the selling part because you touched on that beautiful segue. So how do you sell? Is this a purely B2C model? So this is a retail device that I can go on your website and buy, I don't know what the price is now, but like 100 euros or something. Or, but I'm guessing you also have like a B2B to C, which is through academies or whatever model. So you work in both those. Is there anything else? Um, yeah, like you said, we have a retail model. Uh, you find the product on Amazon, on Football Emotion, on Sprinter now as well, on our own website, and any player uh, in the world can get it. Um, also, we have a B2B2C model. Um, on, on that model, we usually provide uh, equipment to different teams inside the club structure. Uh, let's go, for example, with a, um, with a big club. Uh, a big club usually has uh, like 10 to 15 teams, 15 teams inside the, the structure, you know, the U20, uh, U16, female teams, etc. 
Um, then you have all the academies. You have an academy structure. And then uh, you also have the fans of this, uh, of this club. So what we do with these clubs is usually um, create a sort of a partnership model. So B2B2C where they have units for their teams uh, with a web portal for the physical um, uh, trainers and coaches. And also uh, we have uh, the model to sell together to their academy players and also to their um, uh, database of, of fans, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that uh, cuts a lot of intermediaries in, in, in our go-to-market um, strategy. And it's also validation for you, right? If you get a big club, a big brand to associate with you, I mean, it's a marketing, which is direct marketing to their fan base, but I mean, it's like a badged product, I guess, in some ways. It gives you a lot of credibility as well. Stay up to date with all things sports tech and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get a monthly breakdown of the most important developments in the global sports tech ecosystem, paired with exclusive interviews with industry leaders. Get all of this and more delivered directly to your inbox. Sign up today at sportstechx.com. Let's get to that Barcelona example uh, and the biggest club, if not in Barcelona, arguably in the world as well. I know you guys announced a pub very publicly, I think, towards the uh, end of last year, early this year. I don't quite remember, but you announced a partnership with, with FC Barcelona. Um, walk me through the nature of that partnership and is it similar to what you just described? Is there anything else that you all are doing with them? Yeah, it was it was actually great. Uh, first, uh, because like like you said, right? Like I uh, and and like I, like I said at the very beginning, I grew up watching Barca games on on TV. Of course, as an Argentinian, seeing Messi, watching Messi playing every every weekend, um, and suddenly uh, having the chance uh, of of working together, and and it, and it actually happened very organically um, because they wanted to to. Uh, they approached us and they wanted to understand what we were building. Um, when they saw uh, the product and the value proposition, they say like, okay, so we have the, uh, the, the GPS uh, already in place for our first team, um, also maybe second team and, and, the, uh, and, and some of the you know, biggest youth divisions. Uh, but then we got like 80% uh, of, of the entire structure without any technology. Um, because of the same, right? Lack of, lack of budget, uh, lack of people uh, and staff to work with this tech, uh, with this with that kind of tech. Um, so they saw in Oliver uh, what what we were actually uh, saying and, and and selling to other clubs the possibility to have automatically actionable insights that everyone can understand. Um, so they tried it uh, on their clinics uh, first last year. Um, they, um, we also have a renting model for, uh, for summer camps, for clinics, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, so they, they hired, um, the, you know, the, the, the product and, and the team behind that, they saw it in, you know, in place, in action. They heard the players feedback about that. They heard, uh, what the physical trainers and the coaching staff, um, were saying about the product. Um, and then they they came back uh, to uh, to us again and, and say like hey uh, when you guys are building something interesting why don't we start uh, discussing something else than just 
you know, acquiring uh, uh, units uh, for our academy or for La Masia. So um, I, I started uh, to have these conversations in December last year uh, with Albert, the director of, of the Innovation Hub in, in FC Barcelona. Um, and yeah, we, uh, we have the same vision on how technology could help uh, to the non-elite players uh, to improve. Uh, they love the product, and since then we were developing a way uh, or working in a way on how to, you know, could be a fit uh, between us and, and, and how they could help us uh, to build the brand, to enhance our product, uh, to get more traction, more revenue, and also how they could help the club uh, to get either more revenue or a fun engagement tool, etc. And that's where we find the perfect fit. Uh, so we partner uh, together early this year. Um, it was announced uh, during the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. Uh, Laporta himself was the one uh, doing the doing the pitch, and and he gave us a, a you know the shirt with uh, with the Oliver name in, in in the back, and it was a very good experience. Um, you know, working so close, not only with the innovation hub but also with the entire uh, club structure to fully understand how these uh, clubs work uh, internally. Um, and, and yeah, and since then, uh, we were already, um, you know, putting everyone in place to fully understand what the technology uh, does, right? And what is the value proposition for everybody. Uh, so we put uh, all the uh, academy owners, uh, we put all, all the, um, the ones uh, that are, you know, looking to increase and also looking to get all the best from the Barca method. Uh, they're very into that. They don't want to just acquire different tools if they don't perfectly fit into the, this Barca method of building players and, and, and also people. Um, so once we got the green light from, from everybody, we started with a delivery. So now we are in the middle of a delivery process uh, where they're going to acquire different units uh, for La Masia, for the 30 academies uh, around the world. And also they're going to help us on, a, on the business side um, by introducing us to different stakeholders in, in the market. And that's what a high-quality partnership sounds like. It really sounds like you can unlock value for each partner. A few things to unpack there. The first is what you said at the start, the democratization of technology. And this is exactly that use case. It's a, it's a word that we use quite often in the tech circles. But basically, it's exactly what you described, that all the good tech is available for the pros and maybe just, just the sub-pros, just under that level. But 80-90% of the market, the wide base of the pyramid, doesn't have access to it. So whether the, those are kids who are ser want to be, grow up to be serious footballers or just kids who are there in the academies for fun to, to spend their weekends, all of them have a right to improve. And this is what this kind of technology can do. So that's a great use case. Number two, shout out to everybody at Barca Innovation Hub, one of the leading lights in terms of innovation in European football, Barca Innovation Hub. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was the first by a club, uh, along with maybe UEFA did something at the same time, and Albert and Javier Sobrina before them. They've been an amazing team. So I can imagine it was like a dream partnership from the day you walked into Barcelona as well, when you landed there, and like, hey, that's the partnership that I want. And the third thing, I realized I should have asked this at the start of the question, because of course, it's those pictures of you with uh, Laporta with the shirt, an amazing, like, great photo up. 
And I remember looking at them and the first question I had was, actually, I should ask him, why Oliver? Like, because Oliver on the back of the shirt is actually like the name of a player. Yeah. Was, was that the idea? Like, where did the name origin come from? We should have started with this question, but let's get to it now. <laughs> That's a good question. And, and, and actually, Oliver is, uh, is, uh, is, is a name that we choose to honor. Uh, one of our favorite um, uh, cartoon characters uh, that we grew up watching in the 90s, uh, Capitan Tsubatsa. Uh, which was basically a cartoon uh, from from Japan, and the main character uh, name was Oliver Atom, um, and yeah, so we were like, yeah, it should be Oliver, you know, it was, this is the player that we all wanted to be when when we grew up, um, and yeah, and also it matched with. So, sorry, uh, it was a cartoon about football. It was a cartoon about about okay. football. Uh, he so was an uh, anime the, football. Okay, interesting. Exactly, it's a Japanese anime uh, cartoon, and he was the star of the team. And uh, the the cartoon is is already like known. Uh, I will say that at least in in most parts of Hispanic America and 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 also the U.S. Um, because of the because they were like running a lot of time a lot of the episodes they were like doing this and running 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 uh, so there are a lot of, a lot of memes uh, on internet uh, showing how actually the field uh, we, you know the measurement of the field would be if they were actually yeah. running all the time um, so it was you know it had a lot of, of, of fun uh, components and entertaining uh, uh, drivers uh, for us. And also because it's a, like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a world name, you know, Oliver is Oliver in Spain, in, in Germany, in the US, in Argentina. Um, and also it creates uh, a closer uh, connection uh, with the product. Uh, we, we didn't want to use any like uh, smart tracker or uh, making you the best player or, you know, things like that. Uh, we wanted to actually create a brand uh, that you can feel is either your partner, your teammate, or your coach in your pocket uh, that is helping you uh, to, uh, to improve. Every great product has a great story, and I think I like yours a little bit more now. Uh, any, <laughs> any reference to um, anime cartoons and football, man, that's a hit for sure. Um, fantastic. Okay, so we've covered some of the successes that you've had with FC Barcelona. Any other big partnerships that you want to talk about quickly that you've had in the recent past? Um, well, the, there are a couple of partnerships that are that, if everything goes well, will be signed uh, oh, in the next the few months. Special partnerships that you cannot talk about. We love to hear about those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but but I can I can say that are coming from uh, from federations, which is something mm -hmm. quite hard to unlock, right? That uh, everyone is always like thinking on on, on their go to market strategy. Yeah, okay, let's go through the federations. But when you, you know, uh, get into the federation, uh, you struggle a lot to find the right person to understand the pitch that you, you, you must, uh, you must, you know, talk to them, uh, the value that you can provide. Um, so we were uh, working a lot on that by actually by trying and not having any answer or trying again and, and getting, you know, uh, something like, yeah, yeah, see you, see you guys later. Um, but now uh, we found a very clever way that is helping everybody. Uh, it has a win side for the federation, a win side uh, for for any uh, potential user of the product, and of course uh, a win side from from us. And and fortunately, I mean, if, if everything goes well, I will be able to announce it on next month. Nice. Looking forward to it. Hey, if you want to announce it through us, 
feel free to send it um, across and we'll put it in our newsletter and across our channels. Good stuff. Um, all right, Jose, so what's next? What's coming up for all of us? You've got this partnership that you're, of course, working on, but beyond that, I'm sure there are many other things. So what do the next 12, 18 months look like? Are you, I don't know, maybe racing a, releasing a new product? Is there a funding round coming up? What, what can you tell us about? Yeah, in terms of a, of a product, uh, we are applying more and more um, uh, game mechanics. Uh, but basically, uh, the power of that game mechanics, again, is the AI behind. So the more data we collect, uh, the more insights we can provide. So the biggest future that will come is going to be, a, we call it internally, we call, we call it Players Constellation, uh, which is basically we'll be able to, uh, to see interactions between players, uh, you know, effective passes, um, how well uh, you are playing with your teammate, uh, let's say for, of, a, of a wing side uh, player with a defender, are they like, you know, connecting well or not? So we are working a lot on that. Uh, it's going to be something quite interesting, also a future that no one has in the, in the market. Um, and also every everything applied with game mechanics, so it would be still uh, entertaining and fun. Uh, that on the product side, uh, on the company side, uh, yes, we're open a fun fundraising round um, next month uh, when all VCs are coming back from their holidays. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll start to pitch them um, this uh, you know the, what what we had so far. At the end, we already working with 120 teams. We get like. 4,500 players uh, in the platform. Uh, we're seeing a lot of traction. Uh, we're seeing a growth, uh, an insane, well, you know this better than me, um, the insane growth of soccer, football, worldwide speaking, uh, with Messi in the MLS and all the things that the, that, that is driving there, um, Middle East and all the stars that are going there and how the market is developing on every level. Uh, Europe is not doesn't want to fall behind, so they are starting to apply you know different things in order to keep captivating um, uh, fans and, and players. Um, and also this we, we haven't talked about this, but also the new ways of playing football that are appearing in the market. Uh, mm -hmm. We are partners of the Kings League. Uh, I was just going to ask the moment you said that the Kings League also based in Barcelona, they, you must yeah. be doing something with them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we partnered with them uh, when when so, they okay, started. Sorry, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but you were not the mask player, no? It was not you. No. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> yeah. I hope that I can play like the mask player. No, just, I'm just, even worse than that than that player. <laughs> Fair enough. Just for anybody who doesn't know what the Kings League is, so this is a, a league that Gerard Piquet founded. I think it's a seven-a-side league, um, which is, I mean. All over Spain, but mainly in Barcelona area. I think there is a. I think Casillas has a team from Madrid or something like that. But it's a completely innovative. It's trying to bring football into a new format. I think it's 40 minutes, 20 into two halves, and they have all these weird gimmicks. Like there's a mask player, and it is quite gimmicky. It is quite mainly for entertainment rather than super serious football. But it is another version of the sport. Uh, and we've seen different sports do this. Cricket is a good example where they keep moving to different versions of the game from yeah. five days to this and that. So this this iteration of within the same sport is also super interesting. Sorry, so let you continue. You're also working with different formats of football. 
Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, ex exactly. We started working with different formats of, of football. So at the end, we, we have a lot of traction uh, already um, uh, in terms of team, players, uh, revenue. Uh, our uh, We prove our go-to-market, uh, you know, the brand endorsement behind the Barca deal, etc. Uh, so we, we put all, all of that together. After also the hot uh, sales season that we are going through right now, summer is the you know the the time of the year where all uh, teams are allocating their budgets. So we also okay. growing a lot uh, during summer and uh, adding more and more teams. Um, and yeah, we will go for a fundraising round uh, to to scale uh, the the business in in Europe and and start opening new markets. Uh, our target markets are today um, the U.S. and the Middle East. Um, being uh, having the main operations of business operations in Europe is also something uh, very strategically for uh, for this way of, of growing. Uh, so our idea is to put a step uh, in the US, uh, to put another step in the in the Middle East, and and you know start having uh, initial traction uh, in in these markets. Even though that we already have a couple of teams there. Uh, Barca, of course, uh, will help a lot because they have academies on, on both uh, markets. Um, so we will have already um, revenue and players from there. Um, and yeah, and trying to get the, the round closed by either the end of the year or beginning of the first quarter of next year. Yeah, next step is world domination, right? That's just one, one more step away. Good stuff. But uh, yeah, makes a lot of sense. I mean, new markets, all of them that you've mentioned, we've talked a lot about it on our channels. I think we covered, we did a, as part of our monthly series, we did a month on the rise of sports tech in the Middle East. I think that was in May or May or June, uh, or I think before that, um, in the MLS in, in the US is growing like gangbusters. We're seeing money coming from all over the place. Women's football is an incredible World Cup going on as we speak. England had an amazing win yesterday. England, Spain, of course, in the final. So lots to look forward to in the footballing world and lots of reasons to be optimistic for any startup. Uh, looking to really scale in that market. Jose, uh, sorry, lastly, uh, because you mentioned a funding round, so any investors, anybody who's interested in reaching out to you, uh, the best places via email or LinkedIn? Um, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn at Jose Gonzalez Russo and also my email, jose at tryoliver.com. Um, and yeah, I'm very active on LinkedIn, uh, as you know, so happy to connect either there or, or through email. Perfect. We'll drop uh, Jose's coordinates in the show description as well if you will need to reach out to him. All right. Perfect, Jose. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and getting a feel of uh, what's happening with Oliver. Again, a company that I know uh, I've known for a long time. We've known each other for a while. And to track your progress through this time has been incredible to see. And and sounds like you're not stopping anytime soon, right? So best of luck with the journey as you go forward. Before I let you go, though, I have one last question to ask you. It's my favorite question to ask. Um, the reason we step into this industry, I like to believe, is because we're all sports fans first. Uh, so I'd like to know your favorite sporting moment. Now, before you finish, remember, he's Argentinian, football, football fan, and lives in Barcelona, I think the answer is pretty obvious. So maybe I should just ask you what your second favorite football moment is. But let's let's get the first one out of the way and then we maybe we come to the second one. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Ron, for having me here. Uh, thank you for your feedback. Uh, it's a pleasure always to have a conversation with you, uh, uh, recorded or not. Uh, so, yeah, happy to be here uh, anytime. And yes, of course, uh, favorite moment is quite obvious. Uh, just seeing Messi uh, with the World Cup on his hands 
uh, it was amazing. He's um, he's one year older than than myself, uh, so I, I saw his entire career like growing up uh, uh, with him. Let's say, um, and and yeah, we we found like very 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 happy in that moment. The second one was actually on a basketball side, and was when when Argentina won the uh, the Olympics. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was. A, 2005, um, I guess, um, and that team was amazing uh, with uh, Ginobili. And, Ginobili, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of stars uh, there. Um, that, yeah, and just I, I usually go back to YouTube and and watch, you know, the the finals of of those games with, that were amazing. They beat the the US um, and uh, that had a really, uh, you know high performance team with NBA players so yeah it was it was great yeah Manu was the man I think I've seen uh, like a little documentary no not documentary actually it's a wrong word but like one of those YouTube series is it's a company called uh, Secret Base or it's a channel called Secret Base you should check it out they did a feature on Ginobili and that especially that period when they won with Argentina incredible player uh, incredible game to follow um, lastly I have to ask I mean I assume you're now uh, into Miami fan of course, of course, yeah, <laughs> I'm, and, of course. Uh, and what? what my, pink, my pink shirt is coming as soon as they have a stock again. My I, pink shirt will come to us. Literally, I was going to ask you if you've got your pink shirt. I I haven't got mine, and I remembered yesterday because walking in Berlin, I was coming to to the U-Bahn to the to the metro, and I actually saw a pink Messi uh, jersey on this young girl, must have been. I don't know, 16, 18, something like that. And I was like, we're getting there. We're getting there. Inter is obviously on a on an amazing track. So good stuff. We hope to see more pink jerseys. You get yours. I'll order mine soon as well. Uh, Jose, been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure, uh, Ron. Thank you very much. Have a good one. All right, guys, that is a wrap for another episode. A fun one. Enjoy it. Uh, always enjoy talking about football. Who doesn't? Uh, make sure to catch. Actually, this episode will have come out uh, much later. But if you haven't been catching the Women's World Cup, please go back and go watch the highlights. Uh, watch the tournament. It has been incredible. Even if after the event, go support women's sports and women's football. It is growing if you don't know it already. Other than that, we will continue to bring all bunch of cool content. This is, I think, the first in the series of the Stadium Tech Month. We've got a lot of cool startups um, talking about digital twins, talking about fan engagement in stadium. Um, yeah, some interesting content coming to you all through the DFL and their Sports Innovation Summit, which will happen in April 2024. Anyway, stay tuned, guys. See you next week. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast with Roan Maholtra. If you like our show, let us know and leave a review. And if you want to know more about us, check out sportstechx.com, where you can find our latest industry reports and updates. For a deeper dive into all things sports tech, check out our comprehensive database, SportsTechDB, at sportstechdb.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at SportsTechX on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Join us next time for another insightful conversation with a leader in sports tech.